This episode is sponsored by the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Owners near and far, hear ye, hear ye. There's an amazing company that's dedicated to celebrating and encouraging every runner that laces up a pair of running shoes, and it's called the Paper Trails Greeting Company. This company offers something that's hard to replicate in a text message, and that is a physical, innovative, and genuine note of kindness that supports and celebrates every runner. The motto of the company is that every runner belongs, and each card proves that. The cards preach community among all runners, and there's a card for each season of a runner's journey. If you've run a new personal best, there's a card that celebrates that. If you suffered an injury, there's a card that lets you know that someone is thinking of you and that you'll come back even stronger. There's even a card that celebrates your significant running other. For me personally, I never felt like a runner, but then I stumbled across the Paper Trails Greeting Company and it inspired me to pick up running again. And eventually it made me feel like I was a part of the running community. Go on their website, papertrailsgreetingco.com and check out their incredible selection of cards. Use the code LACTICACID in all caps for 15% off your order. They also have inspirational stickers and PDF printouts, so be sure to check those out as well. Then follow them on their social media page on Instagram, Paper Trails Greeting Co., as well on Facebook. And always remember to celebrate every runner and that every runner belongs. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, sinks and inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominic Smith. As always, I appreciate the support that you've given this channel, that you've given this platform. It means the world to me, and we will continue to do great things. Today's episode, as you heard, is sponsored by the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Make sure to go to their page and give them a follow and check out all the wonderful products and cards that they sell as they um, prove the show that every runner belongs is definitely something you need to check out. My guest for this episode was none other than Mr. Jack Anstey. He is a professional runner out of Australia, training here in the United States, and it was a fun conversation. You know, I always love talking about food, and so we had some awesome food hot takes. He got me to try to Chipotle again, so <laughs> that, that was something. And we talk about his upbringing in Australia, how he came to the States, some of the differences that he sees, and he is a big time Taylor Swift fan. Taylor Swift, if you're listening to, to this, go ahead and sponsor this show, but you can hook him up with some tickets as well. Definitely thank you guys again for all your support. Please be sure to follow our social media pages, Instagram, Lactic Acid Podcast, Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. We are on YouTube, Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith. We are on TikTok. Don't know how to use it. Can't promise that I will learn how to use it, but I would like for you to follow me there. Lactic Acid Podcast or Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith. Everything is on our website, lacticacidpodcast.org. You can find all of the latest articles as well as the episodes. It's under a little construction, so just give it a couple days. Everything will be updated with the brand new episodes and some of the episodes from uh, the past few weeks. Good news. We are officially a weekly show. That means every week you will get a new show. And I am truly excited about it. Great things are to come with this platform. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, do me a favor. Shoot me an email at lacticacidpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to get a chance to partner with you 
bring your brand to our family here at Lactic Acid. Thank you all again for your support, and we will catch you next time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid, the podcast where the takes are fresh, the ideas are ripe, and that makes us the best in the bunch. I am your host, Dominic Smith, and today I am excited to bring you one of Australia's finest. He is a distance runner running for the Dark Sky Distance or Dark Sky Running Club, forgive me, uh, Under Armour athlete and a baller at that, Mr. Jack Anstey. Jack, what's going on, brother? I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Looking forward to having a chat with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Always excited. Always exciting to uh, get new faces on the show. And Jack is one that I'm excited for everyone to meet. So I got to ask you a question that I ask everybody when they come on the show. And that is this. If you had to pick a superhero to describe your game on the track, who are you rolling with? Uh, that's a tough one. I, so I knew you were going to ask this one. So I've, I've been I've been pondering for a couple of days uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my answer that i originally had um i'm gonna say ant-man um i there's there's a few reasons why um first of all it's hard to go past uh paul rudd he's he's one of my favorite actors of all time and i think he's particularly good as ant-man so um that's one reason but in terms of just like relating it back to myself um i think ant-man as a superhero is um pretty untraditional as far as superheroes go he's not really um he, he doesn't have like the most uh how should i put this um i guess like threatening superpower if that makes sense um he's not super intimidating but i think um relating it back to me I, just like throughout my career um in track and field like ant-man just finds a way um to get the job done not not in the most like traditional sense, but he always gets it done. And I think um, that's kind of, that's kind of something I can relate to as an athlete. I've kind of had some, um, some tough times and stuff. And I feel like I've always been able to find a way to get it done at the end of the day. So yeah, Ant-Man for sure. So if there was a movie about your life, are you picking Paul Rudd to play your character? Um, I think Paul Rudd might be slightly above my, uh, my, my ability, um, on the, on the TV screen, but, uh, if he was happy to play my character, I'd be stoked to have him. Hey, Paul, let's make it happen, man. Let's Let's make make it it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah, man. Really excited to have you on the show. So you are from Australia. Yes, sir. You have been in the United States since college. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I think I came over here in january of 2017 and being based over here ever since so outside of the time difference which is astronomical yeah. uh, what would you say the biggest difference between living in australia and living here in the states um, yeah that's a good question um yeah well i like you said the time difference i think the time difference itself is like probably the worst possible time difference like in the world i don't know it's it's i always think there's like an hour a day if that, where I can like call my family and it'd be convenient for them and also convenient for me. So that's, that's certainly one that you touched on, but um, no, I think um, just 
coming over here and I, I'd spent a little bit of time overseas before, but um, coming over here and trying to assimilate to life in just a different country that you've never been to before is such a, such a hard thing. And um, yeah, just so many things when I first got here, like the weather um, was such a big one. I remember just getting sick every kind of two or three weeks in my first semester. I came from summer in Australia, which is like December, January, February. And then, when I moved over here, it was the middle of winter in the Midwest. And I'm sure you can imagine uh, what that's like. So yeah, just, just that I found that I was just getting like, you know, sick with little bugs and things every, every couple of weeks. And it was just hard to stay healthy. And um, yeah. And then just obviously um, just little things like getting adjusted to school and stuff like that is also hard. So um yeah, there's plenty of things. I, I could talk all day about it. But yeah. <laughs> so what made you come, you know, obviously you went to Illinois State. You were a middle distance runner there. But yeah. why were you interested in coming over to the United States for running? Yeah, um, I think for, for track and field in Australia, there's just not that many avenues post high school for, for people who really want to pursue it seriously. And um, I, I picked up the sport pretty late, only when I was about 16 or 17 years old. And um, by the time I graduated high school, I, I felt like I, I wanted to give it a real crack and I wanted to try and see how far I could go with it. But there just wasn't that many options for me um, in Australia to keep going with it. Um, and then, yeah, there were some scholarship offers on the table over here. And um, I just thought it would be a great opportunity to see see what I could do in the sport, but also just come, come over here and kind of develop as a person. And like, I don't know, I feel like it's pretty, it's pretty easy to grow up quick when you have to move countries and, and work it out for yourself. And, you know, your parents aren't there to help you and stuff. So I just, I just thought it was a good move for me to, you know, come over here and, and see what life is like. And yeah, don't regret it for a second. Obviously we talked about the craziness of the weather. Yeah. The Midwest is, you know, I live here in Florida and you know, it's hot, you know, we have like two cold weeks, you know, in the winter and you know, the Midwest is nothing to be played with when it comes to winter weather, but outside of the weather, what would you say the biggest culture shock, you know, was coming to the United States and then kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how it differs from Australian culture because i find that yeah that's a tough one it's, it's funny that you say that about the weather in florida because uh i've never been to florida and we're actually in florida right now for a training camp and i i, I got there like the first couple of days and people were complaining about how cold it was and i'm like dude it's like 60 degrees what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> that's cool, um, man. yeah yeah so it's funny you say that but um no uh yeah culture culture shocks there's just so many um i feel like um food was one of them like oh yeah and i don't i don't i don't necessarily mean the type of food um sure there's differences there but when i came over it's it's astounding to me how big portion sizes are in america <laughs> i know that's a little thing but like i remember coming over here and like i don't know in australia i'd always order a large because i feel like that's i don't know I, I eat a lot of food and like i just would always play it safe and order a large but you order a large here and like you've got enough food to eat for a week so it's just like that that it's just yeah it's just so different um and i, I still like find myself in that habit where i'm i just over order and order way too much food and i'm just like this would never happen back home but 
um, yeah, that's one thing I, that comes to mind. That's interesting. I, it's so funny because like here in America, certain places you go, like I went to Chick-fil-A the other day and I got, I'm not sure. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. Big Chick-fil-A guy. So I got a, you know, I think I got nuggets or whatever. So I got 12 count nuggets. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there like, okay, I should get probably a large fry too, because I'm not sure a medium is enough. So it's yeah, like, yeah. sometimes, you know, certain places in America, it's like, oh, we don't have a, you know, the portion sizes aren't that big. So it's like funny to hear like in Australia, like our large is like a family feast. Yeah. No, I, I think like the best example I would have for you is like drink sizes or like fry sizes, like you're talking about, like, that's like the, that's like the most evident it is in my eyes because like, yeah, a large, a large drink over here is like a small drink back in, <laughs> back in Australia. So like, that's just like the easiest, like just eyeballing it. And like, I'm a big coffee guy. So like going to Starbucks and like ordering a tall, a tall coffee from Starbucks is like, yeah that's like the smallest option they have and it's like really big to me anyway but <laughs> yeah it's interesting what's what's the what's your favorite restaurant or like give me like two restaurants that oh, oh that's tough man I, I i'm a huge chipotle guy um okay. like chipotle if, if i don't get chipotle like two or three times a week like something's up like really? yeah it's it's a go-to for me like after like especially after a hard workout or a hard session like yeah there's it's always it's always just down the road and like so easy to go and i feel like you always know what you're going to get so chipotle is a really big a really big go-to for me um what else yeah chick-fil-a you touched on that's always good bang for your buck um yeah i'm i i do love my pizza so um we got to Boston last night. I'm racing in Boston this weekend and there was a blaze pizza across the road. And I feel like that's always a safe bet. I, I always enjoy blaze. So yeah. Love blaze pizza. I used to be like you with Chipotle used to Mondays, Fridays, and sometimes Saturdays that used to be a go-to, but yeah, the chicken is like hot now. <laughs> and it just like, yeah. it like burns like my mouth It's it's killer. Um, what's your what's your chipotle order are you a burrito guy or a bowl guy see i do it okay so this is what i started doing so I'll, the last <laughs> few times i did chipotle i do both so here's what oh. you, i don't know if you do it you you order a bowl and then ask for them to put a tortilla inside the bowl that's in my so my roommate uh he does the exact same thing and i remember seeing it for the first time um, we go to Chipotle together all the time. And I remember seeing him do that for the first time. And I was just mind blown. I was like, that's a genius move. Cause I always went with the tortilla on the side. Cause mm. like they don't charge you for it. So you just get a bowl and then ask for a tortilla on the side and they wrap it up and you can do whatever you want with it, like dip it in your food or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I seen him do that and that's what, that's what you do as well. And I was like, man, that is genius. It is like I, and then usually oh, see, I, I kind of shied away from, you know, Chipotle, you know, you need to like cool down your chicken. But um, I used to get burritos, but the problem is like they don't wrap them well. So it's like anytime I eat them, they fall apart. 
And so this was like the happy medium. And then I used to do what you do, get a tortilla on the side and get the bowl. And then, you know, there'd be times where it's like, okay, I kind of want a burrito. So I like take half of the bowl, put it in a burrito the yeah. and then wrap it. But for Chipotle, I, you know, I do uh, brown rice, no beans, chicken, depending on the day, double chicken, depending on the day, half chicken, half steak. Uh, two scoops of the mild salsa, extra sour cream, extra lettuce, and guac. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good foundation. Can't nothing wrong with that. Can't can't get you there. But what's yours? Um, I go white rice. I so the only extra thing I get is extra white rice. So I'll get double white rice. I think like, um, yeah, the more rice you have, like I don't know, the more filling it is, and I feel like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the only extra thing I get. But I get rice, white rice, um, <laughs> black beans, chicken. Used to be a steak guy, but um, converted to the chicken now. And then I get, I think, queso, um, uh, pico, um, just cheese and lettuce. I'm, I'm pretty basic, but yeah, it's it's, it's a familiar order for me. So it, it's the always first, good. The first time I haven't had their updated queso, but the first time I had you know, the queso when it came out, it was the worst thing I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. No, they definitely improved it. I remember like, yeah, it not being that good. Like, I don't know, even like a year ago. And now it's like, I don't know. I feel like I could never get it without it now. Really? Wow. Yeah. Have you been to, wow. See, I'm hungry now. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, like, this I'm is in, bad. like, I'm to go to Chipotle, but have you, um, like, discovered any other uh mexican eats yeah um like have you been to Cadoba? i do hot takes i think uh, i don't know everyone disagrees with me here but Cadoba and chipotle like can't like if you like okay i'm exaggerating a little bit here but if you blindfolded me like i i'm not sure i could tell the difference like you can tell the difference from two standpoints you're not totally off i feel like at cadoba i like the chicken more at cadoba Mm -hmm. the meat to me is better at cadoba yeah yeah. everything else is chipotle the the, and the queso and the queso and the chips so the the queso the chips and the meat at cadoba but the rice the beans the guac the sour cream the, the you know mozzarella cheese everything else chipotle yeah no i i agree i agree chipotle like gone to my head chipotle is better um, and it's more filling at chipotle for whatever reason like you get the big bowl from Cadoba, but for whatever reason i'm like still hungry but like yeah. at chipotle i don't know it's just something about it maybe it is the rice like it's a you know yeah the texture of rice because i do eat white rice as well um, yeah what what i don't get is when people say they like they like one or the other and like don't like the other one like people have told me in the past like they don't like Udoba, but they love chipotle and i'm like well hang on they're not like to me okay to me they taste really similar and i get that they're like to some people like it might not taste at all like but to say you like really enjoy one and don't like the other one at all like just completely like yeah i don't know that doesn't make sense to me but each to their own i guess 
I will say this. I used to hate Cordova, but the reason I hated it was because love my college campus, but food tastes different eating it in a normal store compared to a college campus. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and college campus. Is the, yeah, it's touch and, and go. Yeah. And so once I had Cordova, like, you know, in this normal location, I was like, this is legit. But I, I, I do agree with you there. Um, you can't, like, you can, you can have a preference, but. Yeah, you can like, prefer one. But to say you out and out do not like one or like you hate one and you love the other doesn't make sense to me. We're going to get back to the, this food uh, topic because really I can base this whole show on food. And I'll be honest with you, it might end up being that way. <laughs> but uh, there's just a couple questions before we get back to food. So why, <laughs> why track and field? Why track and field? Um, good question. Um, like I said, I picked it up pretty late. Um, I think for me, so I grew up playing other sports, grew up playing soccer. Um, cricket is a big sport in the in Australia. Um, like, I don't know, comparing it to like baseball in America, that's kind of like, that's, that's the comparison I can draw. But um, I played like a lot of different sports growing up. And um, I found that with the other sports that I was playing, um, I went to a, I went to a public school that um, is considered pretty rough by the standards of you know the the town I live in um and I felt that when I was playing other sports um trying to put this in like the least aggressive way possible I found that uh people that went to private schools and people that went to schools that were considered better schools than the school I went to um were preferred and like chosen for different representative teams and, and stuff like that over me, even, even though I might've been just as good. And I, I kind of stumbled into running and realized that like um, it doesn't matter where you go to school. It doesn't matter like um, what your background is. Like the clock doesn't lie. Right. Like you can, if you're fast, if you're, if you're, if you perform, like no one can take that away from you. Um, whereas I feel like in a lot of other sports, there's a lot of other factors that go into, you know, whether you get selected for a team, whether you get, you know, if you're a professional athlete, whether you get a contract, um, all these things, all these different variables. And I felt like with running, um, I could rest easy at night knowing that, um, if I performed, I was going to, I was going to be rewarded for it. Um, and it, and it wasn't going to it wasn't going to come down to any other factors. And I just like love that aspect of it. Like you, you get in what you put out, you get out of it, what you put into it. Um, and yeah, I just, just fell in love with it after that. Yeah. There's definitely politics and sports. I mean, here, even in America, you know, we have the tryout system and, you know, in high school, it's usually fair. And then it's getting kind of towards depending on the school. Yeah. Depending on, cause you know, here like private schools, and just depending on the enrollment, everybody pretty much makes the team um, because yeah. of the bodies and numbers at that time. Now it gets political when it comes, you know, can get political when it comes to playing time um, and things of that nature. But yeah, I definitely understand, you know, where you're coming from. And so, you know, you found running obviously is something that you enjoy, but what is it that you outside of you get in, you, you, you get out what you put in. Um, 
what gives you joy about running? You're an 800 meter, 1500 meter guy. You know, what, what gives you joy about those strenuous events and just the profession of running in general? Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think I'm motivated by, I think if you like almost, if you surveyed like a lot of professional athletes, I think I would have a different answer to why I love it compared to a lot of others. I just love the sense of improvement. And I think like running and, and the middle distance events in particular are events where you can easily, um, you can easily measure your performance to, you know, where you are now to where you were a year ago, two years ago. And like that performance, um, yeah, like you, you're just able to, you're able to tell if you're improving, if you're not improving. And like, I just love that sense of improvement and like, there's no feeling like a PR, like running a PB and like running faster than you've ever ran before. Like I just, I just love that feeling. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the best feelings in the world. So I think, yeah, I'm just driven by trying to get better every, every day and every season. And um, I think that's kind of why I'm at the point I'm at right now is just, I've been able to stay consistent for like the past five or six years and get incrementally better every year. And like, I just love that feeling of feeling like you're improving and feeling like you're getting to a level that you've never been at before. And um, that's what drives me. I think the day that the day that I think I'm not able to improve anymore is the day I'll give it away for sure. I'll ask you one more running question and then we'll shift gears uh, so mm-hmm. back to food. Um, <laughs> things like that. So what are your running goals? Um, running goals. I mean, yeah, like as a professional athlete and when you're on a, when you're on a contract, um, the expectation is that you're making national teams and running at Olympic games, world championships, major championships. Um, like that's what's expected of me by Under Armour and, um, I wouldn't be doing it still if I didn't think I could get to that level and so um yeah the 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 long-term goal is obviously to make an Australian Olympic team and then in the meantime it'll be to make you know world championship teams Commonwealth Games teams and and just represent Australia on the world stage but um yeah that's that's kind of what's driving me like I you know Under Armour expects me to um perform at you know an elite level and I want to they've given me an opportunity and I want to give back to them so um yeah, that's the goal. I just want to compete at the world on the world stage. So let's shift gears from running just a little bit. And so let's kind of talk about what is it like? What is tell me more about Jack and Steve? Let the people know a little bit about who you are off the track. Off the track. Um, okay. Well, um, I'm a pretty big music guy. Um, yeah, I think if you ask, so I, I, I live with a guy who's, who also runs for Under Armour and Dark Sky, Casey, uh, Casey Nevelbard. And I think, uh, if you asked him what kind of music I was into, he would say that, um, I probably don't go more than five hours a day without listening to Taylor Swift. So oh, I'm, a, okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Taylor Swift guy. I think it's one of those things. So my sister, I have one sister, she's, uh, four or five years older than me um and i think she was just older she was just 
at that age where I don't know I, if you have a sibling that's like four or five older four or five years older than you you'll get it but she was just old enough to have like a hold over me growing up like she was you know she was the oldest of me and like she would pick me up from school she would be in charge all this stuff and she loved taylor swift and so like i feel like i have like stumbled into taylor swift um the the taylor swift trap by default because she was so obsessed with it that i didn't have a choice growing up like i just had to listen to it you know and drive home from school you know in the house whatever it was and so um that's kind of that's kind of the the short story of how i became um a swifty if that's if that, that's what the kids oh, are calling it days. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i'm a huge taylor swift guy um what else um yeah i'm a pretty big um i'm a pretty big soccer guy i follow the premier league in the uk um a fair bit i'm a west ham fan west oh, ham. liverpool man that's liverpool me. yeah no i mean i, I, got, I, uh, I got you yeah, no, it's uh, it's all good, um, but uh, yeah, no, I follow that pretty closely. Um, I I follow cricket really closely back in Australia. Um, I, I like I said earlier, I played that all growing up through my childhood, and um, even when I had to give it away to focus on running, like I still stayed in touch with, um, in touch with the game, and still follow it to this day, and um. Yeah, I'm a pretty big sports guy in general. I haven't really, I haven't really acclimatized to like, you know, the NBA or the NFL or anything like that. But uh, maybe one day, maybe That's one day. Fair. No, I mean it's different strokes for different folks. So let's go back to the Taylor Swift obsession. <laughs> I can, I can tell. There's not much I don't know. I could, uh, yeah, I, I know pretty much every lyric to every song she's ever released. It's, it's on that level. So. I mean, you are a fanatic. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to a concert? In- I have never been to a Taylor Swift concert. No, it's definitely on the list. But um, I, I went to one. You went to a Taylor Swift concert. Two thousand thirteen. Okay. A friend of mine, uh, she got tickets. She's like, "You want to go?" Or and she surprised me with them because it was something she wanted to do, and so. I went, not going to lie, uh, Ed Sheeran was like the opening act, and I actually high-fived her mom. Uh, Taylor Swift mom? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm not a Swifty by any means necessary. Um, but listen, she she produces, you know, the music that she produces, you can't, you can't hate on that at all. No, for uh, sure. What's your favorite album? Um, oh, so no, but that red, was red. I, I, when you said 2013, I was thinking that might have been the red, like, yeah, yeah. So, favorite album for me. So, when so I'm not gonna lie, so like I said, my sister kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, like dragged me into the Taylor Swift fandom by default, and you. then I kind of went off her for a few years, like, I so all right. I think she went a bit too poppy for me. Like she went for like, so obviously she, the history of Taylor Swift, let's break it down. So she started as like a country artist, right? Like out and out, like she was a country music artist. Um, and then uh, she kind of like moved away from that and got like, I wouldn't call it pop, but she was, I don't was know, pop. A little bit, yeah, pop, but it was like a little bit more mainstream. Like it wasn't like super poppy, but then like, 
I think her um her album Lover, like I did not like that album. Like it was just way too like poppy for me and too like I don't know teenage girl like vibes. I don't know. Anyway, but then like when COVID hit, she released those two albums, Evermore and Folklore. Mm. And man, like I just those two albums, every single song, I just yeah, the, the, two two of the best albums ever released. I think like she's. Yeah, she was on it there for sure. Um, she was, yeah, she absolutely killed those two albums. And then um, some of her, like, re-release stuff that she's doing right now, like she re-released Red not too long ago. Um, like that stuff is good as well. So, but, yeah, Evermore or Folklore, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to choose one between those two, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to those. They, I haven't really heard those albums, but they sound like she's kind of switched to more of a folk like yeah yeah it's just yeah no i don't know i don't know what it was but um yeah it was like country and then pop it was pop i mean just call it yeah yeah Yeah. um and then like folk like folk music um yeah so interesting so like you you are like a like you, you gave me the entire history of it and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I feel well. I, so I feel like everyone's surprised. Uh, two things. I feel like everyone is surprised that I'm such a Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift fan. But then, like the other end of the coin, or other side of the coin, is I feel like people are so surprised that I'm so open about it. Like I feel like guys, like I, hot takes. I feel like a lot of guys who like Taylor Swift tend to be pretty quiet about it and like, Oh yeah, I listen to her, but it's behind closed doors and no one has to know about it. No, I, I just own it a hundred percent. Like I, yeah. Love it to death. Listen, there's no shame in it. There's no shame. In it. <laughs> Can't be mad at it. And it's like, well, you know, guys, you know, you want to, you know, maintain that tough uh, yeah. mentality. So you're just like, nah. Oh, trust me. If I, if I've got the, uh, if I'm in charge of the music when we're driving somewhere in the car and it's, it's Drake a hundred percent, but it's yeah. We're behind closed doors. It's Taylor Swift. Behind closed doors. <laughs> so are you like, so what, what, what are the go-to songs? Just rattle off a couple of like your go-to songs. Uh, um, I think it's hard to go past love story. That's like one of their all timers. Wow. Um, that's, that's a, bit of, uh, a bit of back to December. Um, a lot of their older stuff. I just, yeah, it just never gets old. Um, yeah, back to December. Um, what else has she got? Um, I feel like a we are never getting back together. That's a, just an all-time cult classic. Um, but uh, yeah, anything really. Taylor, if you're pro- probably not going to listen to it, I'm tired of it. But if you're, listening, <laughs> if you're listening to this, man, you got to hook your biggest fan up with some memorabilia or uh, or <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. If you, if Taylor Swift, if you're watching this, I'm a huge fan. So. Yeah, you're listening. We need some concert tickets. You know, come through for the home with Jack. Hey, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, man. Okay. So, do you listen to her like before meets and stuff like that? Is that like um, a playlist? Like when you race tomorrow, is that are you going to be bumping Taylor Swift? Um. Yeah, I, I think I will. I, she'll be in the mix. She'll be in the mix. It won't be exclusively Taylor Swift. There'll be. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like I'm pretty um, flexible with music, like before me, like, I don't know, I just have like a bunch of like songs on Spotify and I just throw those on. But yeah, it'll be a mix between like Kanye, Taylor Swift. Um, that's interesting because they have beef, but uh, <laughs> 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 but like, yeah, she'll be, she'll be in the mix tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. 
Oh, man. So let me ask you this, switching back to track real quick. You ran at Illinois State. Um, you run two excruciatingly from a I, – I, I'm a thrower's guy because that was my – those were my events. And yeah. My coach. The fact that you run those middle distance events gives the show – the show's titled Lactic Acid. And just thinking about that just gives me lactic acid. Yeah. Why those two events? And can you break down the pain that you feel – if you run it the way it's supposed to be run afterwards, because that's something that I just can't get with. Yeah, no, um, I've never been one. So I guess two things. I, I've never been one to um, handle lactic acid well. So I, so the, the first thing is I can buffer it really well in a race. So like in an 800 or a, a 1500 or a mile specifically, um, I'm able to like, I'm able to run uh, for long periods buffering lactic acid. And, and I, I guess that's kind of what makes me um, good at the event. But after I finish the race, I have never, like there very rarely do I run a 1500 mile or an 800 and not vomit after the race due to like, like I, I, being honest with you, I can't remember the last time I didn't vomit after one of those races. Like it's been a long time since I haven't, and I'm obviously racing pretty frequently. So, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously painful. Um, I think the deeper you get into the season, the more kind of like condition you get to be able to handle that lactate better. Um, but it, yeah, (laughs) if you run them correctly, like, yeah, if you run the event correctly, it's a very painful, very, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's, excru- it's excruciating at times i'm not gonna lie but uh no the, the feeling when you know you're able to kind of run through that and get a good result it's yeah pretty rewarding so so why those two events i mean it makes sense you know you talk about soccer and you know mm-hmm. that those are the events but what is it about those events that you know is worth the vomit that comes after every race um i don't think it's necessary <laughs> so i don't think it's necessarily that like I love those events. Don't get me wrong. I love the, I love the mile on the 1500. I think like, um, as a distance runner, those like the mile on the 1500 are like the sexy events. Like, you know, I think if you ask anyone at a track meet, like what events they want to watch, it'd probably be like the hundred and the mile. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially in America, like people, the, the whole like sub four minute mile thing is such a big, like such a big, um, pull for you know fans and stuff like that but it's not necessarily that I love those events it's more just like those are the events that I'm naturally um, good at and not naturally good at without like working hard I just think I had a natural um, a natural gift in those events and then kind of like worked at it to make sure that you know I, I pulled everything out of myself to kind of maximize my potential in those events if I had it any other way I'd be a sprinter because I, I think I don't know. I, I much prefer the lifestyle of a sprinter compared to a distance runner. Being a distance runner and especially a pro, it's, it's not glamorous at times. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but um, I just, I just found from an early age that I just had like, I had what it took to, to be good at the 800 and the 1500 and kind of wanted to do everything I could to maximize my potential in those events. So. Okay. So last question, and then we're going to do the last segment of the show. Okay. I want to know what 
are some of the goals that you I want to say so I asked you about the goal so let me what do you want your platform to be post running like what what do you want obviously you know as a runner you have a short shelf life yeah but what do you want running to do for you what's the platform that you want to build upon does that make sense yeah yeah um i think for me i um i think i'm a good example of someone um who i don't want to say shouldn't have made it and made it because i i I haven't made it yet there's like still so much for me to achieve and like um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I've made it at all by any means, but like, I think I'm someone who, you know, I'm pro athlete now. Like I was an all American in college, like sub four minute miler. Um, and I think I'm someone who, if you looked at me five, six, seven, eight years ago, um, you'd be very surprised that I'm in the position I'm in right now. And so I want to get to the point where I can inspire other people with similar backgrounds to me who maybe went to a really small school, went to a smaller college that's not uh, renowned for running um, and just be an example for people that come from those backgrounds um, to show them that, um, hey, you don't have to go to like an Oregon or you don't have to go to a um, Newberry Park High School just to, you know, to find out how good you can be. You can be all you need is a track and, you know, the will to be successful and and you can make it happen. And so um, if I can inspire a few people along the way to, um, you know, not worry about, you know, where they came from and what their background is and um, inspire them to maybe get to the level um, that I'm at, like I I would consider that like a really big success. So Definitely, definitely love that. So this segment is called Down the Home Stretch. Okay. But I'm sitting here thinking, and so if people are watching this video, you see me looking here, there, everywhere, because I've been formulating these questions in my head. Because I'm going to segment up. We're going to be doing hot takes instead. Usually, Irish, yes, we're going to do some food hot takes. Okay. Okay. And so that's, that's how we are going to rock with this. Um, because you have some spot. There's, I don't know how people are going to react to some of the things that you think. I agree with some of them, especially with the Chipotle one. And God's, God's truth, I, <laughs> I'm just like so tempted just to go get a bowl right now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to throw a few food hot takes at you. And if you have any of your own, feel free to check. Yeah. All right. Am I, am I just giving you an answer or do I have time to explain? You can explain. Okay. All right. I feel like, I feel like I need the, uh, I need the ability to be able to explain where I'm coming from. Cause I think, yeah, a lot of things that I might, a lot of opinions I might have on food might just be outrageous to some people. So, so we'll do two a piece. So you, you will do two, maybe three a piece. So you're the guest, go ahead and get it started. You want me to give you a hot take? Or, or yeah. like what? We're just going to chop it up. That's how we're going okay. to do it. Okay. Um, hot take is um, 
Panda Express. Mm-hmm. Overrated. Easy. Really <laughs> yeah. overrated. Here's the thing. So I agree with you. Let me hear your explanation. Why? Okay. So I think. Oh, don't get me wrong. I <laughs> I have Panda Express like a lot, but I have found lately, like just in like probably even in the last few months, like every time I get Panda Express, I'm so stoked to get it and I'm excited and I'm like, hell yeah, this is gonna be great. And then I just like get it and I'm so underwhelmed and I just feel terrible after eating it. Like, yeah. Yeah, so hot takes. See, here's the thing. Uh, you see, I'm not gonna disrespect because I, I haven't uh, <laughs> trying to make my own Chinese food like at home because there was a couple really good restaurants here locally here yeah. that shut down and I just haven't found one. In high school, I used to mess Pan Express up because we used to yeah. well until we used to have off-campus lunch. So Pan Express was two and a half miles away, so we used to head out to Pan Express. Man used to have me some uh, sweet and sour chicken or some oh yeah chicken with some rice, some egg rolls, and oh boy! But when I tell you I was out for the count, it was it was awful. I'm the same. I, when I first came to the US, man, I was just like kid in the candy shop. Like I loved it, and then yeah, just kind of I don't know. As time's gone by, it's just kind of faded on me a little bit. I think so. I used to mess that in. Sweet and sour shrimp. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do it no more, man. I can't do it. So let me um, let me put this hot take out, which might get me in trouble. Chick Fil A. Mm. I don't want to say it's overrated. Okay. But it's overhyped. Okay. Huh? Do you have like? Give me, give me some more, like on what grounds? So here's the thing. I, first of all, maybe it's because I've eaten there like for so many years and everything like that, but there are mm-hmm. people who wait. There's these, the customers yeah. are fantastic. No, the line at Chick-fil-A is always like ridiculous. Like, and it is not worth it. Like, you know how many chicken sandwiches I can get from somewhere else with the amount that I pay for yeah. one with no pickles. And so for me, and so the breakfast used to be like, like amazing but i'm not digging it now mm-hmm. it's like that it's just to me it's over hype and here's the thing about the fries if you get them hot they're the best things they're some of the best fries you ever ate but if you let them sit there 90 i mean even just for a minute i found that their fries compared to a lot of other fries like it's it's not it's not good yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll give you that. That's, I, yeah, I, I can see that. Have you, have you been to a place called PDQ? I have not. Is that like a it's chicken the best, sandwich place? It's a chicken tenders, chicken sandwich place. It's the best chicken sandwich you ever have. Okay. Okay, so throw no. one more at me. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly how to frame this one, but I want to talk about Jimmy Jones. Uh-oh. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to put this politely, but I think Jimmy John's is the biggest waste of money. <laughs> you can... <laughs> okay. For starters, I just have like a list of like issues with Jimmy John's. Like, for starters, 
why do they why do they think it's okay to like bury out their sandwich like their bread so they can put more lettuce in? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? They literally like bury out the bread yeah. like and make it like hollow so they can fit more lettuce in. And I'm just like, there's like no one like wants like I, if you like that, that is just like insanity to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Jimmy Johnson used to mess that over too when I was in high school. I got, but here's the thing about Jimmy Johnson: the thing I think makes them so popular is you order, you pay, and it's over. Like the sandwich is made, yeah, and everything. So. I, I think that's the hype. For me, it made me sick. Like physically, like I ate it and then I was like, ooh, I don't know. Because to your point, the lettuce sometimes overpowers. It's just like a lettuce sandwich to me. Yeah. Like, I'm trying it's to, a, it's been so many years since I had it. So I'm trying to like. Oh, the, yeah. The it's, lettuce, it's, it's funny to me because I'm a huge Subway guy. Like we have Subway in Australia and like there's not too many places that like are in Australia and also over here. So I feel like. I don't know, growing up, I always ate Subway and like, it's just, I don't know, I, I enjoy it oh. quite a bit. But like, having said that, like Subway is so different because you can get it toasted. You can, there's just like, I don't know, cold sandwiches to me. Like- You're not a cold sandwich guy? Uh, like, it's not that I'm not a cold sandwich guy, but like, if you have the option to go somewhere where you can get like, you know, toasted chicken or like, I don't know, anything like that and like warm it up. Like, I don't know, I'm just going to take that option every day of the week. So, yeah. all right, no, I got you. Jim and John's, like I said, it just physically made me sick. But like you said, there was so much lettuce to cover up how the meat tasted. And yeah, it, no, it was just a lettuce sandwich to me. Like, you could put as much meat as you want on it, but when there's that much lettuce, I'm not going to taste anything but lettuce. Last one. Okay. Red Lobster, have you been there? I have, yes, I've been once. So okay. I'm not like, I don't have like. No, 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 I think, but I think you 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 know enough for this hot take. Their Cheddar Bay Biscuits compared to all the other brands that sell bread and rolls, everything, it is the best. Better than Texas Roadhouse, better than Outback, better than Olive Garden's roll, all of that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to defend Outback on that one. Oh, being an, okay. being an Aussie. Um, not that I have like any, just not that I have any experience whatsoever, but just I'm just going to stick to my guns. And, and That's fair. <laughs> but no, you are right. And I was impressed with, with it when I went there. Um, yeah. Is I definitely want to, I'm, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I, I was impressed with it when I went to Red Lobster. I, there's, I don't think there's a Red Lobster where I live. So it's only when I'm on the road that I try it but we'll see is outback like official like the authentic australian experience that they sell it out to be uh, i wouldn't say it's authentic the the reason i think it's cool is they have like two menu items so the two places i lived growing up in australia i lived in a place called alice springs which is in central australia and then i moved to the east coast of australia and lived um kind of like near brisbane which is the big city um in queensland and uh they have on the menu, the Outback Steakhouse menu is not that big, but they have two meals named after the two places that I lived. Mm. 
Um, so I, I've always got a soft spot and uh, yeah, it's a taste of home. So. Well, this is the revised version of Down the Home Stretch, the hot take version, and you survived it, Jack. Where can the people follow you on social media? Uh, people can follow me on Instagram at uh, Jack Anstey. It's all lowercase, just uh, J-A-C-K-A-N-S-T-E-Y. Um, you can probably link it in the in the video or something. And then um, any runners out there, I, I'm on Strava. I post everything on my Strava, uh, Jack Anstey. Um, and yeah, you can follow. Um, yeah, you can follow the Dark Sky Distance page on Instagram. I'm on there a little bit. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I will post Jack's um, Instagram information on um, the show notes, just where I post all of the other information. As far as this is concerned with lactic acid, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, lactic acid podcast, on Twitter, lactic acid underscore pod. We're on TikTok. Don't know how to use it, but still want you to follow lactic acid with Dominic Smith and follow the website lactic acid podcast dot at gmail.com. Would love to chat with you. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, please shoot me an email at that email address. I would love to talk with you to get you to get your audience uh, with our audience and we, um, you know, could. Uh, bring awareness to your business. Jack, brother, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time.